Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the 17th episode of the Short Track Talk podcast. Today, as you have seen in the title, it's the metaverse we're talking about. What's a metaverse? What does it have to do with cycling? Why is it related to this podcast? Well, there's a very simple explanation with it. Last weekend, I had the chance to attend the round finale of the UCI Track Champions League organized by Discovery Sports. First of all, I wanted to thank here Discovery Sports for the opportunity of getting a press pass and being able to have a chat with the riders and see the event from the inside. And second of all, I'd also like to thank Discovery Sports because they have provided us with the opportunity of having here some of their brand new partners. And who are those partners? Well, last weekend in London... Discovery Sports announced a partnership with Infinite Reality, a company based in Los Angeles, California, in which they confirmed that next year the broadcasting of the UCI Track Champions League to, will be made through a metaverse. What does this mean for everybody and what, what are the co- consequences of this? Well, today I feel very lucky. I feel excited because we have here none other than the co-founder and chief innovation officer from Infinite Reality, Elliot Job. And not only him, but at some point in the call, we'll also have their CMO, chief marketing officer, joining us to talk about this exciting new project and all the consequences and everything it means, not only for the UCA Track Champions League, but also in terms of broadcasting and what it means for the future of the sports. So first of all, Elliot, thank you so much for allowing us to do this little interview. I know you're quite busy and probably quite tired from all the traveling. Thank you. Yeah, excited to have a conversation with you guys. And it's been a lot of fun meeting different fans of the sport and really understanding your all perspective more. So first of all, how do you find the weekend from the inside? Have you ever lived a track cycling event before, Elliot? I've not. Uh, in fact, the the, the Closest I've ever gotten was as a kid up in uh, the Northwest here. I remember seeing a velodrome, seeing a, a track as a kid and being really impressed with how steep it is. But no, this was the first time I saw it and it was incredibly fun. And when we were, and when we were, uh, uh, we, you know, we were down in the middle section there on the infield, you know, trying to talk to different folks and work on things. But uh, it was overwhelming to see how much fun it was for the fans, but also for people that, like myself that didn't know we were constantly distracted by <laughs> the amount of excitement and energy of of the competition uh we were living it from the inside too it was it was really interesting the the show that discovery put up i think it made it really dynamic and really visual to see especially for the fans uh so we'll get started then now that we're all here uh we'll start firing questions at you if that's okay elliot great sure okay so first of all uh when we were with diego uh, kind of seeing the program and seeing the videos that you guys presented and seeing a little bit of that gameplay to call it some, that way. The first uh-huh. impression that we got is that it was really, really similar to mm-hmm. kind of the, the game of NBA 2K and mm-hmm. uh, the gameplay and the similarities it has to that. So we wanted to know when Discovery approached you with the AD and when you guys started the talks, did you have that immediate idea in mind instantly or was it something you slowly developed and got ideas from different places? Well, I think the the look of having that third person point of view of an avatar, sort of like, uh, like you said, or, or Grand Theft Auto is another one, right? Like, I think that's just really easy for people to understand. So that's it's almost a given that you're going to start there and that it gives fans over time, the ability to customize themselves, right? So you're seeing yourself in it. 
So I think as a default, that was probably always the starting point, at least in terms of helping people understand that there's a space that they're in and, and here's a new way to navigate. It's not a cursor anymore. It's not a remote control. It's a, if you want, it's an avatar to move through a space. Um, uh, was the second part of the question was, was, was that sort of the idea from the beginning? And then did you ask how it evolved as yeah. we developed it? Exactly. Yeah. So I think what really helped crystallize the idea for us was when Discovery gave us the list of um, experience experiences or or aspects or features that they wanted to have for the metaverse. And most of those are things that take too long to develop in our, you know, we had 90 days basically from the time we made the agreement to the time we delivered. So it was really only about two months worth of actual like work and, and putting something together. So we really focused on uh, giving as straightforward of a, and as much of a taste as we could in the limited time, but then also creating that sizzle video that I don't know if you all saw that demonstrates sort of where we can go with it. So there was this idea of, of experience, let's just navigate around, what can we do? And then scope. So Discovery uh, presented us with a number of different things that they thought would be interesting, in particular, looking at all their different broadcast feeds, looking at their different point of view cameras that they have on the bikes um, and things like that and and allowed us to think about how we could um, use those and turn them into an audience experience. Uh, Elliot, I would like to know about uh, if the enterprise uh, knew something about cycling. Did you guys were new in this world or uh, have you experienced, experienced yet anything about the, the sport and uh, in, in the time of creating the app? Uh, did you have did you know what to uh, put inside or was only discovery the ones who had the ideas and you just uh, did it well our relationship with discovery we, when we met francois i want to say in may um at an event in po in france and it was at that time it uh, it was um etcr so there was a, it was a car racing event um And so in talking to Francois and, and seeing how we could work together and what the partnership looked like, um, track cycling was the next one on the calendar because there's, I don't know if you've seen, but it's a, we have a four-year agreement and we're going to develop a new experience every year, essentially through that four-year agreement. And so from a calendar point of view, track cycling was the first one that was coming up that we could do anything with. Um, the next one is SGP. I think that's in April. Um, Sorry, I had a long flight. I'm trying to remember the second half of the question. Oh, oh how how familiar were, were we with the sport? Um, not very familiar at all. Um, I, I think I mentioned to Enrique earlier, I, I think I, I saw a velodrome once as a kid, um, you know, and was really impressed with how steep it was and, you know, it was intriguing. But uh, it, it wasn't something that we were really familiar with. And I think that sort of part of the point, though, is I understand with Discovery taking over the promotion of the events and the sport and the production, as well as the distribution, a big goal for them is to expand the audience and to have more people, you know, learn and become exposed to it and understand what's exciting about it. Uh, we had somebody on our team who had never seen it. Uh, you know, he's um, he's not the you know, it, 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 he may be not the, the demographic for it, but when he saw it and understood what it was, he said, oh my gosh, it's like NASCAR without brakes. So he appreciated 
the challenge of it really quickly once he sort of got in there and understood it. So we've had a lot of fun um, learning and understanding, and, and we can see how much history the sport has and the ability to dive into some of that. And, and then obviously the analytics, you know, it's showing none of this is possible without the capabilities of those athletes that are pedaling those bikes and, and strategically deciding how they're going to, you know, weave in and out of the track and get in front of each other and behind. And it's a really exciting. Kenneth, uh, catching, catching up on what Diego was saying, uh, you, it was the first time you guys uh, had relationship with cycling. Do you think this is something that could easily be done with other sports? Because I remember Francois saying in the presentation that maybe in the future it could be seen in uh, mountain bike, for example, mm -hmm. or in the speedway under the Formula Formula Speedway that is one of the most known events from Discovery Sports. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a lot that can be done if we think of the sort of the metaverse as more of a delivery format, as more of a distribution method, the way that, you know, we traditionally had terrestrial television and then we had satellite or cable. Um, and now we have streaming, but streaming still still is a very one-way experience you're 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 at the the audience is at the other end there's not a lot of um socializing of it in the moment um there's not a lot of you know the point is that yes i think this can apply to a lot of different broadcast experiences um it could even apply to events uh in a replay where if you wanted to you know watch a past event but you do it in a social way. You do it with your friends or you invite, you know, uh, other fans of the experience or, um, you know, just the, the, the amount of things you can do interactively. It's almost like interactive television. if you think of it that way, combined with all of the theme park type experiences that you can build out over time. Um, we see this applying to as many sports as we can think of so far. When uh, we saw the video that about the, all the things that, are in the metaverse. Uh, one of the things that got my attention was the the shop. I saw mm, yeah. how uh, cycling shoes were were available. When you are approaching some brands and you tell them this this uh, this idea, the, how's the reaction? Like, okay, now we are going to put your shoe in a metaverse and someone is going to buy it. Because I believe that as a young journalist who has been approaching this sport, uh, there are some things and some brands that. They don't like too much to change or to do things so, so differently. But if these things comes and you approach the brands, how do you how do you do it and how they react? Well, look, you know, uh, some brands might be more conservative than others, but they're all here to make money at the end of the day, you know. And uh, currently, going back to the different distribution methods up until now, there's very little participation there's very little opportunity for transaction um when you're a sponsor even you know maybe you've got a logo here or you even if you have your name on the stadium that doesn't necessarily generate a sale right there that doesn't doesn't move anything so we find that and it's a great question because it's often overlooked when we've been sharing this with people but really the the brand experience for the fan and for the brand is probably the most new and different and exciting part for us because now those brands can curate really meaningful experiences for those fans in the way that 
you know, when you go to an event and you, and you, you know, get the extra VIP ticket and you go into the, to the infield or, you know, the paddocks and you walk around there, you know, there, there are booths at times where you get to see, oh, look at, you know, here's this group and here's this, this team. It, it's really exciting, but very, very limited. It's very, very limited in the reach of what they can do there. And, and maybe there's a merch shop, but, you know, usually it's a little hot or something like that. And uh, it's only limited to those handful of VIP folks that can go in there. So we think it's it's not about saturating this experience with brand engagement, but it's about looking at these brand partners that are generally already relevant to the fan base and to that community. So if I'm into cycling, I'm going to be interested in products or um, additional experiences or information around brands that have to do with the sport that I'm interested in. And, and what you don't see in that demo that we built is the same way that you can invite friends into your skybox to watch the program with you and experience it. The brands can have salespeople or docents or experts, right? In those spaces, talking to those prospective customers. Uh, and so we think that, that it's really the, the, one of the most exciting, promising parts of it is how the, the larger experience of going into these spaces, you can go from having something that is just, just during the event to over time, more of an evergreen type experience where it's, it's, you're, you're localizing every possible customer from around the globe that's interested or fan that's interested in that sport, you can give them all these relevant experiences there. So, but, but to your point, yeah, undoubtedly some brands aren't going to be sure, you know, aren't going to be, um, aren't thinking metaverse or anything like that. And, and to a degree, those are some of our favorite partners because they tend to be very careful about how they curate themselves. They're very deliberate about the, the, the customer experience and, and how they present themselves. And, our background as a company is actually more from the entertainment side where we've dealt with brands for decades doing commercials and experiences and knowing and understanding what they want to do. So uh, we see this as a really positive opportunity to give comfort and confidence to these brands that they can do, you know, what a brand like Nike, for example, has, has already put a lot of investment into and seen a lot of success with even during economic downturn. They've seen their retail numbers go up because they're doing direct to customer through digital metaverse and otherwise. Um, and there's, you know, the rest of the brands on earth, 99% of them aren't going to be in a position to figure that out. And that's where we're interested in stepping in and seeing how we can help provide that solution. So I think it's a great question. So for in my case, I'm going to catch up a little bit with Diego's question and your answer. Uh, I really got my interest that you kept saying that it was a different way for sponsors, especially to show themselves in mm -hmm. the event. Because like you mentioned, unless you get the real VAP experience, you don't see much more than a logo and a little more. Right. So do you think this is going to create, not just for this sport and not just uh, for this event, but in general uh, towards the future, a new way of uh, enterprises and companies uh, intervening and dealing with sponsors and with sponsors being able to offer their products? Uh, across the board. And it goes back to your question about how does this apply to more sports than say just track cycling? I think from our point of view, what we're looking at is 
is this whole new way of distributing and sharing the sports entertainment experience. Uh, and so, yeah, there's, we could dive extremely deeply in with brands, but all of it. And we talked to Francois from the beginning about this and we've, we've seen the caliber of experiences that, that discovery creates, but coming at it the same way discovery has with how they've evolved these fan experiences and these sports experiences, always doing it from the fan point of view. So it's not a brand for the sake of the brand. It's not a sponsorship for the sake of the sponsorship. It's an ecosystem of fan interest and engagement. What is going to add value? So when we looked at the list of what Discovery proposed to put into the metaverse, those were all high value ideas about what would make the fan experience more meaningful. So I think the answer is yes, the sky is the limit as long as it's relevant to the fan and the fan experience. And you're not just turning it into a shopping mall for the sake of a shopping mall. You're making it, like you said, a deeper experience where the brands can now invest in that fan base. They can invest in that community much more effectively because the amount of reach that they get to have um, and the fact that they can, can, move that customer right to a transaction at the point where they're the most excited and most engaged means that we can have a lot more organic relationship with the brands and with the the sporting event. This is, oh, this is hope. And I'm sorry, I can't be on video. I'm with the whole team here in London. And, you know, I think that I want to just support Elliot because he's had so little sleep. You know, <laughs> it's like we've been going around the clock and it's like, Elliot, take a flight and then jump on this call. But I think it's like the natural evolution of the internet and a deeper, broader, extended experience for the customer, the user, the fan. And here's why. It isn't as if this is something so unusual. If you consider the physical and the virtual worlds, they're both real. We're simply creating a deeper level of engagement and providing what the fan ultimately wants. And correct me if I'm wrong, Elliot, they really would love to have more of a personalized experience mm -hmm. where we can provide more than they can really secure any other way. So yeah. on broadcast, you know, basically it's a curated experience, correct? And what we're providing is a personalized experience. And who doesn't want that? And, for, and the fan's ability ultimately to influence the experience itself. I mean, the, the difference between difference between let's say watching track cycling when we looked at a lot of the research material and and past events versus being there. There's still a massive difference when you hear how excited the the, the fans get when you you know when you, you 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 can't help but be caught up in the energy and excitement. And so this format of allowing us to find much more, much giving us much more ways to recreate the intensity of that experience, um, I think is a part of it because it is those fans cheering during the race that adds so much emotion and energy to it. So it becomes sort of a, a, a flywheel of reciprocal relationship of what the fans are interested in, what they want to do. And now the, 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 the brands and the production can tune what they're doing to what those fans are interested in in a way that's much more dynamic and, and will add up to a far more meaningful experience and personalize the, the way that you're describing hope. I am curious from your perspective, what is it that the fan is really looking for? Is it being able to 
climb into their favorite athlete's experience and to be closer to them? Or is it just to toggle and have so much freedom because they just want a cooler experience or just a different experience? What do you think the fan is really hoping for um, in a virtual world? So this is a very interesting question because as uh, we got told that we will have the opportunity to speak with Elliot, I was thinking what has been uh, kind of the best experience about the weekend. And both uh, Diego and me had press passes. So we were kind of able to interact a bit uh, with the cyclists, with the events, with a little bit with everybody really. And us personally, we know all the only journalists were big fans of the sport. So we were really into the atmosphere. Uh, myself, I follow some of the cyclists. So being able to uh, be next to them and be able to chat with them and ask ask them a couple of questions, make a couple of videos, is what really made the experience ex- special for me. So answering your question, my opinion, as both as a fan and a bit of a journalist, an amateur, if you can call it like that, answer is, is being next to the cyclist and being maybe able to interact with them somehow although it's not always easy because at the end of the day they're competing and you don't want to bother them too much because it is their job it's like bothering someone while they're doing the job but still just having the chance of being able to them and seeing what they're doing between races and maybe even exchanging a couple words with them i think that's what really is key to the fan and would make an absolutely personalized and a banger of experience i agree with enrique and I would like to say one thing. I think that the two of us this weekend were really curious about all the little spots. And one thing that I would implement in this uh, metaverse is like when to approach the things that you can't really see in the television. Because I saw personally Elliot this Saturday talking with some customers and changing the camera for uh, from the TV perspective or the cyclist perspective. But uh, one thing that me from home would uh, take me to go to the metaverse is for example if uh, in the if in the little boxes of the of the uh, spanish of uh, national teams that were uh, this weekend if we could put like a uh, little cameras uh, maybe without the sound even mm-hmm. uh, that they could approach the sensations whenever you can uh, uh, for the team that you want want to support mm-hmm. that could be uh, like a, a good implement because uh, we saw things, for example, in the Spanish team that were the people that we were closer. Uh, we saw the parents of one rider that were that were there uh, taking the water, changing the wheels. That thing is the thing that you cannot see in the television. Yeah. yeah. But the little spots, the little welcomes, maybe to see the the to maybe feel your favorite rider when he's just sitting down and being mm-hmm. quiet, not riding to 190 yeah. <laughs> bits per minute. So I think that could be like a good implement. Personally. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say one more thing and then over to you, Elliot. I understand and agree. For example, I'm a tennis player and honestly, Nadal matters. As a human being, he matters to me. And I'm also a surfer and I care deeply about Laird Hamilton in a way that I don't know how to express. Like I'm under waves running with boulders because he does, right? So there's something very special about being able to be a voyeur and really see kind of what their life is like. And I find that so extraordinary. And by what we're doing, it allows not just that access, but access for all. 
meaning not many people have the ability to secure a VIP pass. But in essence, the metaverse opens it up to a private VIP pass and access for all. And I think it democratizes the sport. So Elliot, back to you. And I hope that's helpful. Yeah, I think that's that's right on, Diego. The um and great feedback to hear. The two the two things that stood out to us were that ability to focus on a particular team, you know, maybe by country or by team, or a particular athlete themselves. And that that could even come down to during the race, what shots the camera necessarily focuses on or or how to, you know, there were a lot of thoughts and things that came out of it. And then we spent probably a good amount of time just walking around the venue to your point about putting a webcam, you know, in the the prep area, um, thinking about, okay, how do we create these new feeds? How do we make adjustments to what we have? How can we give the fans more of a sense of what it's like to be in the actual stadium? Um, during the event, we, we had some of the folks on our team were in the metaverse list, like signed in, like in the same virtual space in the same helmet that we were in while we were there on the floor on the infield. So they could hear all of the cheering every time something was happening. And they were remarked about what a, what a different experience it was to hear it uh, and to feel the energy of the crowd. And it felt like that's one of those things that broadcast, sometimes it shows you the scale, but as a fan, you might want to feel more like you're in the stadium than necessarily be listening to announcers or things like that, you know? Um, so yeah, anywhere we can add that extra value, uh, and to your point, following the athletes, uh, sounds like a great one. And I think future generations are looking for authentic ways to connect. And that if we do this well, it allows for that in a way that is very thoughtful, incredibly thoughtful, so that you're sharing an experience that you genuinely care about, as opposed to swiping left. So that's something that perhaps we've never considered and would never share openly. But personally, I feel a responsibility to create community for future generations. And just maybe this could be the way as just one point of light to really create a more authentic and caring and human connection for future generations that want to share experiences that are delicious. So I think of Nadal, I think of Laird because I'm a tennis player and I'm a surfer, right? And those are those guys that I just want to know more about. But for cyclists, it could be just seeing how maybe families support these kids that are on the road touring for months, you know? And I just might feel like I now have what I need to go out there and train. Okay, back to you, Elliot. This, is, this interview isn't for me, it's for you. Well, for I'll tell you secretly, for me, and it's great meeting you guys, for me, it's um, we've jumped at every opportunity we've had to connect with those with the fan perspective and who were really invested in there. And you guys are right at the heart of that. So um, we're really grateful to have the opportunity to hear it from your perspective. What's going to make a meaningful difference? Well, uh, catching up to everything that's been said so far. First of all, thank you, Elliot. It's truly, I think, our pleasure. We're both amateurs. Uh, we're no professionals in being able to interview someone like you, uh, CIO of Infinite Reality. Uh, we, I, we wouldn't know it. You're doing great. <laughs> 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 Sounds like you guys have done this. 
you're being real, you know, you guys are, the thing is, it's so obvious how much you guys like really this, this means something to you. And so that really comes across. Uh, and it's, it's a pleasure to be a part of something that's mean, so meaningful to you. Thank you. Before, before finishing, I would like to ask one, one more thing is that, um, in the next four years for, I know that you can't talk uh, in name of discovery, but in your in the name of your enterprise, uh, which thing would you like to reach? Will uh, which thing would be the really goal to reach uh, in order to fulfill the the objective of giving the metaverse for the cycling fans? Uh, oh, what's the goal? Yeah, I mean, for for infinite reality, I think our our goal is to say that we have fulfilled all of the opportunity for bringing this technology to this experience as much as as we can and that's where hope is even hinting at in our last answer i mean it's a broad range of opportunities but the, the you know the, the closest we can say it so far is as much as we can help take that feeling of being there and add that value great but these are just our ideas and i think the reality is you know, we're here to just power the platform, so to speak, along with discovery to find out what that is, to find out what that actually looks like. And, and I think we're just all open eyes and ears to see how, as we are able to provide new ways for people to connect what they do with it. You know, there's definitely, there's no, it's more about the principle of helping maximize that fan experience than it is us pretending what we think we know that what that looks like right now and i'll catch up to a little bit from what we've been spoken before uh what you were saying is that when you guys were in the in the crowd and you were in the track center just seeing how the british cheered for the british was probably the best part it was shocking for everybody i feel like i was i was like this is not happening it was crazy the vibration of the stadium in general the velodrome going absolutely crazy uh when the when the guys were winning I feel like if you could implement somehow with a maybe a vibration or similar into the metaverse, that'd be probably a key way to implement it because I feel like with the noise, it's not enough because you're going to hear the noise on TV, but you don't really know and you don't really get to fully experience yeah. it on there. Yeah, those 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 low frequencies, man, with the, the building of that size and all that wood. And no, it's, yeah, I mean, and that's where, you know, the, the conversation can get quickly hung up in the technical, you know, the, the technical of haptics and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, and we know there's a lot of that, you know, technology out there that, you know, we're working with and connecting up. And, and so, yeah, and anywhere that that type of additional layer or additional dimension of the experience um, is relevant to the fan experience. Like you said, the, the, you can feel the building responding to the people then great. It's going to be all that much more meaningful and immersive for the fans. And I'm going to say one, I'm going to say one more ahead, thing. Go. I care. I really care deeply that the kid that's in Mauritius who loves cycling or the Jamaican snow sled team has the same opportunity when you're eight years old to have the same experience as the person who's in the stadium. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a very 
a big ask of society to care at that level of humanity for future generations. But I think it's really important because we can be building future athletes. And more importantly, we can be creating the kind of happiness, right? Mm -hmm. Happiness and opportunity that you felt in the stadium. And I felt it too. I have to let you know, there's nothing better than be on tour with this group. You can imagine to be with discovery and be on tour. It just fills your heart with like, Oh my God, this is incredible. The question is how do you share that experience in a very authentic way? How do you do it in a way where it doesn't feel sensational or inauthentic or salesy or average, you know, how do you do it in a way that just creates opportunity for true fans or children, let's say to experience it. And I think cycling is one opportunity to feel it in, in a velodrome. I mean, how many, how many people in the world have been in a velodrome no, many. in the world? Do you think it's 1% of humanity that Not have been even. in a velodrome? <laughs> Can you imagine like when you Google velodrome, that up would come a couple of metaverse experiences so that you understand what it is and you're seeing it as a static image and a hero image, but then you can click and actually go in a velodrome and, and like experience a race. Right. I mean, I, I think that the future is really, and Elliot, I, I don't know how you feel philosophically, but I think an open metaverse means that the future is wide open. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I kind of say my best question for last. I know we can call it that way. Uh, I was, I couldn't help but wonder, uh, we are the kind of the exception, us two, because we're quite young and we're really into cycling in this case, but that's not what usually happens. Usually the fan base and the audience that cycling usually has is people more from the 30s on, even from the 40s. So for us, uh, I believe the first chance I got to see this technology, it was like, well, this is the future. That was my first thought that came to my mind. Like, this is going to blow up at some point and it's going to be the future of the broadcasting for sports and maybe for something else. We will see. But my first thought was, you guys have started with cycling and track cycling, more specifically, which is might not even have as much of a reach as normal cycling has. So... My question is, how do you plan on reaching that audience in order for people to be able to connect with the metaverse? Because I feel like people from from their 40s on don't have that much of a facility with using technology and with uh, moving themselves. Whereas if you get a 15-year-old old kid, probably can hack your computer right now. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think there's two parts to it. I think the first part is remember that that in the partnership with Discovery, this is one of a variety of a spectrum of different sports that, that we're going to do with Discovery. And uh, and so we're really working together, less so from where, our, where do we want to be today or even in the next year necessarily. It's really where do we want to be in four or five years. And Francois was extremely explicit about what that was, which was that, you know, he wants... Uh, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery to be to to be defining what the future of the sports entertainment experience is. And so when we look at how are we implementing this for track cycling fans, the size of the sport doesn't even factor in. In fact, it there's maybe even a certain flexibility 
that there's fewer expectations on the sport, right? Because of its size. And so it's, it's, there's a maturity of, Hey, we're, we're going to learn, we're going to figure this out. And then this is again, coming directly from Francois, we're going to humbly, uh, you know, experiment and play around and figure out what, what it is. Um, and so this was that next immediate opportunity to dive in and, and add as much value to the fans as we can. And then the second part is, of course, you can imagine both from the point of view of, of caring passionately about the sporting experience, but also from a, from a business perspective, finding a younger audience is a critical thing for for any sport that is looking at its from a business standpoint its long-term you know relevance so to speak and so there's absolutely a i'd say it's it's, it's even more intentional that it's track cycling where the demographic maybe skews older like you're saying to say okay what what can we do how can we make this relevant to a broader audience? How do we bring this um, to, to a new audience that, uh, that, that otherwise maybe isn't going to find it in a traditional broadcast sense? And one of the things that, that they did, I don't know if you saw this in the demo, but in the upstairs of the Skybox, there were a couple of, of content pieces, a docuseries, a couple of short two-minute pieces. Discovery has already been investing in helping fans understand what makes this sport uh, uh, meaningful so that as you're watching it, you understand how you, you make it a lot more compelling because you understand so much more of what's going on in that moment. And I think to your point of, of what the new features are and that would be really helpful, you don't have to have ever ridden a bicycle to appreciate the human qualities that it takes to be a great athlete. And the more they're able to tell the story about the athletes, the more relatable to a broader audience it is. And it just so happens that it's in cycling. And from what we got to see, both being there around the athletes, seeing how in the final moments when the award was given out, but you had all of the other riders in the background, there was nothing but love between all of those different teams and writers and there's a camaraderie and an, and an authenticity that that discovery sees and that really makes for a great community experience and so it's very encouraging for us to it makes it easy it makes it easy for us to draw more audiences in when you have that kind of real genuine community that's happening we just need to use the technology to help ring those bells on a human scale for the audience and that's just hard to do when you're in a broadcast for a limited amount of time and a limited moment and you're in the middle of a race um so i think that's a great question i'm gonna drop that I leave it to you i hope that you have what you need and feel free to reach out if you need more definitely and, you know, just keep in mind, we are, like, we're all operating on like two and three hours of sleep every night. <laughs> so the good news is we're really excited about what we do. We're incredibly passionate, but please forgive us for not being like beyond galactic. It's kind <laughs> of beyond our control at this moment. Thank you guys. I, I'm going to drop. 
Cool. Thank you. Uh, Elliot, thank you. Kayla, thank you. Ciao. So, and to her point, if you guys have uh, other thoughts in the future too, and, and, and go ahead, Diego, but if you guys have other thoughts or ideas or things that occur to you, like we're, we're our team is here to learn uh, and everything we've ever built really as a company has been because somebody's asked for it or somebody's suggested it, not because we think we know what it's supposed to be for anyone. My last question, personally, I don't know if Diego has more. What do you think is going to be the game changer of this? What do you think that's going to give you that last push and that's going to put you on top of everything else, personally? I I, I only see it as a race to unlock the passion that the fans already have. That makes sense. Whoever does that, because that's where the value really is. Anything else, it's not organic. That makes sense. Anything else, like trying trying to trying to win, say against competitors, we we don't we don't even think or consider that we do have competitors in the sense that we just are here to collaborate and help bring these things to life in the same way that we've worked to build bring stories to life for for so long. Now it's this instead of the the entertainment say the movie fan experience or audience experience or the TV show audience experience. This is just the, this is the live event experience. So there's what to us and what we've talked about in this call are a lot of different things that could be brought together to, to maximize that opportunity within this new tech medium. Um, and I think that's as much as we're focused on what's there, who are the right partners to help bring these things to life? How can we know and understand the the fans better and what matters to them so that they only want to use this product to make it happen if they can't go there in real life, right? You want, you, you want it to be so good that they share that with their friends, they share that with others, and that's only going to be because it's so good. So for us, it's just about earning that audience trust. Um, and that only comes from adding real value and doing real things. So I think as long as we stay on that path, um, we'll have some great success and, and really enjoy it along the way. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So thank you very much for having us. And, and also just by being here, because yeah, like you said, you have really got to, to the States like um, a few hours ago. So thank you very much for the effort. Yeah, no, thank you. We, yeah. So much. So thank you so much for including us in this opportunity and, would love to hear both your all thoughts. Thanks, Diego. Yeah, and on my end, uh, thanks again uh, for joining us. I know it's been really intense for you guys, uh, both Kayla and Elio being here. I uh, really appreciate it. It's a great opportunity for us. And thank you guys for also including our thoughts into it. Uh, it's also really appreciated that uh, fan, that, that's when you really see that a fan's opinion is really taken into account when you got the ones developing the product really asking about it. And if yeah. you guys were to need us in the future or had any questions or wanted uh, just to some test test runs or anything, I'm sure both of us would be open for it and excited to do. Cool. Amazing. Enrique, Diego, thank you. History, let's go. You don't need no luck with that golden touch. Time to light it up. Let's go. Get ready for it. Get ready for it, get ready for it.
Get ready for it. Get ready for it. Ready for it? This is yeah, this it. Is it.